0: Hey, if we haven't met, my name is John. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Whitewater. And if we haven't met eyeball to eyeball, please uh, come up sometime. Say hi. I'd love to meet you. Uh, a lovely lady came up and did that right before service started. And I was like, man, that, that warms my heart. Been going here for ever since this building opened and we hadn't met eyeball to eyeball. I invite you to do that. <laughs> that was Awesome. We are wrapping up, if you've been hanging out with us in the room or online, uh, a a series that lasted 11 months. Like, who does that? For 11 months, we said, we're just going to hang out in the Sermon on the Mount. That's it. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We're just going to park right here. And we're wrapping that up today with a bow. And we're in this series called A Better Way. and And in this better way, we're finding that Jesus is speaking to a crowd a crowd. I'm not Jesus, though. I mean, his spirit lives inside of me, but that's a whole other sermon. Like, but he's speaking to a crowd, and he's equipping this crowd with teachings and instruction for their life. He is encouraging their hearts, and he's empowering them to go and change the world in Jesus' name by the power of his spirit and through his love. And Jesus is wrapping up this moment, and he sees, like, there's three different types of people in the crowd, right? And just so you know, there's always these types of people in a crowd whenever Jesus' people gather, those that are for Jesus, those who oppose Jesus, and those that are here for their free donuts and coffee. So that's the truth. And Jesus sees this moment, and he says, okay. He steps into it, and he lays out a better way for us to navigate our lives. And this better way is contingent upon one question. Will you follow him? That's it. Right? And we know with Jesus, and that not everything is simple, but it sounds simple. Will, will you trust me? Will you follow me? Will you follow Jesus? And in Matthew 7, like, he lands the plane in his message with, with, with kind of saying the same thing. You know how preachers can kind of say one thing but say it multiple times, and you're just like, man, just get to the end right? Well, Jesus did the same thing, right? He had one question, will you follow me? Then he says it four different ways, right? And this has been the last several weeks. He started with, will you choose what is popular and comfortable or will you choose Jesus, right? Will you choose spandex or sweatpants, if you remember that? Some of y'all sent me pictures of you buying spandex. That was weird. (laughs) I love you, but that was weird. (laughs) Then Jesus went on and said, will you Listen to false teachers that make you feel good, or the one teacher who is good. And Reed did just a phenomenal job. Where is he, Reed? Come on, right? He's out of town. Well, Reed, you did a great job. Out of town. Great job, buddy. Everybody loved you. You had like a 20 minute sermon. They they said, bring him back, right? There it was. There it was. And then David got up and he said, uh, you know, he he laid out one of the strongest moments, Jesus' words to Jesus' followers. He said, you know, uh, know, when Jesus said, get away from me, I I don't know you. (laughs) Right? Jesus asked that question, like, will you really love me? Will we know each other intimately? Or will you just try to impress me? And then today's... Question, will you build your life on a solid foundation or sinking sand? Jesus ends his message with this, Matthew 7, verse 24. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words, the whole message he just gave, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain will come down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet... That house didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. What the family just did up here was saying, hey, we're going to put Jesus at the foundation. That's what we're talking about right here. He continues, but everyone who hears my words and, and does not put them into practice is a foolish man who builds their house on sand. And when the rain comes down and the streams rise and the wind blows and beats against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. Over the last two years, we've been watching very intimately some houses that have come down in a mighty crash. Will God be allowed? We have to, we have to actively invite him in, right, to say God would choose you. Will God be allowed to reign in our lives as Lord, as king, or will we ground our existence in the empty promises of the world? Right? Will he be Lord and leader or won't he? Right? And, and, and how we answer this question, right, it changes everything, right? It, it's, it's not like a... a a oh, man if i answer this the right way on a sunday morning then i'm good every day of the week day and night coming and going is he lord and leader foundation of our life right like so who or what is at your foundation what's at your foundation And before, some of you just shout out, like, Jesus, because that's what you're supposed to say, you know, like, because I live in America, and I go to church, and I... So Jesus! Careful. No is right. I'm telling you, that Judah, I don't know if that was Judah, but in my mind, that was Judah. He's bringing a word. The Lord is here tonight, right? (laughs) Careful. Just because you go to church doesn't mean he's Lord and leader. Right? I mean, we're just going to have some real honest talk, okay? I want you to really think about this question. Think about how life's been going lately. Because here's the honest truth. This is what I've watched. Uh, I, I've, I'm going to say something. Don't, 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 don't find it disrespectful. Uh, I've been in this game. <laughs> For 16 years. And I've I've seen a couple things. You can show up on a Sunday, lots of Sundays. You can throw 50 in the box on your way out, or you can give online. And you can serve at the Life Center on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And still not be living under the lordship of Jesus Christ, being a disciple who makes disciples. Now, how can I say that? Well, because I've seen it. I used to live it. You can go your whole life doing some things, right? And, and, and saying, yeah, I love Jesus. But really, every day, still be full of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment and just be miserable and treating yourself and others like garbage, You right? The, the body maybe, maybe even went into the water, but the heart is still hard. And we can try to hide it, right? We can try to hide it. Maybe puff the chest up a little bit when we. Uh, I gave to the such and such and such and such. Jesus talked about that, and you know, we we can. Uh, I show up and I serve, and uh, oh, okay, cool, all right, all right. We we see it. Try to hide it. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. We can learn how to say certain things, right? When the blesses, when the praises go up, the blessings come down, right? Yep. Yeah. But you can't hide the faces of those around you who are miserable. You can't hide the faces of the spouses who just are tired. You can't hide the loneliness that reeks. Let me get real. You can't hide the bruises. But praise God, see you next Sunday. Is he actually Lord and leader of your heart? Because when he's Lord and leader of your heart, it changes everything. Everything. When he's Lord and leader of your heart, it changes what we lay at our foundation. So just a gut check, you know, in, in the Psalms where it says, search my heart, O God, like just a heart check, like what, what's, what's really at your foundation? What, what's on the inside? What are you made of? And, because, and what I love, Jesus is so good. Man, he's so, he's so good, man. He's, so, he's a smooth criminal. Man, because not only does he ask this question, like, really, what's your foundation? He then gives the litmus test right in the middle of it, right? Right? he says, okay, when the storms come, what happens? That's the litmus test. Where do you really stand when all hell breaks loose? When the chips are down, when the storms come, what happens to you? What is revealed? Proof is in the pudding, right? When the storms come, we will see what you are made of. We'll see what you're full of. What are you full of? What's your husband full of? Don't answer that question. <laughs> what are you made of? What's really there when things aren't going well? Right? When things aren't going your way at work? When things don't work out with your boyfriend or girlfriend? When the diagnosis is terminal? When the answer is no, when the rain comes in torrents, when the flood waters rise, when the wind beats against that house, what's at your foundation? How do you respond? What are you showing to the world? The world is watching. I'm reminded by it every time I get up here. How many cameras can you put on me? How many one right there? Well, how many social platforms? Like, like What are you showing to the world when it really hits the fan? Would you like it to be something different? When the storm hits, does does mercy come out? Does humility come out? Does forgiveness come out? Does joy come out? Patience, peace, kindness, gentleness? Do those things come out or is there something else? Then, if you want something to, to be different that comes out, then you've got to do something different, right? Taking that inventory and, and just asking really, really, what's at the foundation? What's inside? What, what am I allowing in to get in there? You know, what am I allowing into, you know, like if anybody who's a builder, man, I'm, I'm a hack carpenter, I love it, right? You know, I got to load the truck up first with all the stuff that I buy, depending on what lumber yard you go to, right? What what do you got in the truck? Because what you put in the truck is going to be what you're laying down. Are you putting down the right stuff? Are you buying the right stuff? Are you allowing the right stuff to get into the truck? What you allow in is what you lay down, okay? What am I consuming and putting on the inside. I'll say this because all of us do this, those of us who who have a smartphone, okay, which is the bulk of us, what app do I open up first thing in the morning? There's a litmus test right there. What app do I open up first thing in the morning? Is it Insta? Charles Schwab? How am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, I got you. I want to let you know that I didn't have that in my message until last night and I swear to you the Holy Spirit said go to your manuscript right now and put Charles Schwab in there. And I did. So that was for you, whoever you are, sir. (laughs) Is it Facebook? What's the first thing you, you you open up? Is it the Bible app? Because here's the deal, what I open is what's inside. What's inside is what I'm giving away. Take it to the next level, another litmus test. Who am I allowing into my life? You know, who am I allowing to to kind of speak into my life? What what am I absorbing? What are these things? These are gates, by the way. Yes, they look like ears, but they are gates. What am I allowing into the gates? What am I absorbing, right? Is it the talking heads of Fox News and CNN? CNN? Or is it godly women and men of character and wisdom? Do some simple math with me, right? Simple math. If I allow the talking heads to be chatting in the background, I'm just absorbing that, you know, for four hours every day, oh, I just have it on in the background. I want to see what's going on in the world, right? I just have it on, and I'm absorbing that for four hours every day. That's 1,680 minutes a week, all right? But, you know, I'm a good Christian, right? So I I read my Bible or I listen to sermons or worship music for like 30 minutes a day, right? That's 210 minutes a week. Simple math. Who's the louder voice? Who's the bigger dog in that fight? What we allow in is what we are laying down. So are we building a foundation that's going to withstand the storm? Are we building a foundation that is made of worry and doubt and fear and conspiracy? Or are we building a foundation that's built on the promises of God? And maybe you're like, dang, he didn't get me. I don't got that cable news thing. That's not my deal. That's cool. Um, then, 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 do you, I mean, this isn't, what, isn't it? Joe, this isn't. A comedy routine? These are principles that if you actually apply them to your life, your whole life will change. So what is it for you? Do you actually want to change? To evolve, to grow into the next best version that God created you to be? So what's your thing? What are you allowing in? You know, If it's not cable news, there's a sports center. What, what, what is it for you? Is it TikTok? Man, I just love those little, like, 10-second videos. Man, they just, mm, yeah, let get me. Right? I'm going to learn a couple dances. Y'all would freak out if I started doing a TikTok dance, wouldn't you? Freak out. No, I'm not going to because I don't know it. I don't know any of them. I'm not going to. What, what is it for you? Man, I just can't watch. Every minute, I just got to be binge watching my show. What's the next show? What's the next show? What, what, what is it? And all that stuff is well and good, but, but listen, like, that's not going to help you. I promise you. I promise you it will not help you when the chips are down and the storms come. Is what you're taking in going to stand up against that next storm that comes? Or are we, like, without intentionality, are we just setting ourselves up for failure using convenient comforts to build a flawed foundation? I mean, that, you know, that it's just cheaper to buy that fake wood to put down, right? It's a little cheaper. I, trust me, it is, man. I, I've, I've had to redo entire kitchens, strip it down to the original studs. It's, it's a lot cheaper to buy the cheap stuff. And then when something happens, you get what you pay for. Are you putting down the right stuff? Because he says, anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish. I don't want him to call me a fool. He says, anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains come and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, and you know how they do, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The last two years we have watched too many families go down with a mighty crash. A few years ago, um, back in 2018. Where were you in 2018? October of 18. Think about it. Uh, we were on vacation. We're that family. Here comes the rain. Hope you're ready. I planned this out. Me and God talked. So I need some rain. I need some ambient noise in the background, Jesus. 2018, uh, we took the family on vacation in October. We're one of those families that takes the kids out of school. Sorry, teachers. Um, you know, just a little extra special. We're going to take you out of school, go on vacation together. And In 2018, we went down to Destin, Florida, one of the spots we go to. We love to go, and, and, and that year was just a little different for us. Um, I was going through my own personal storm in life. I was not in a good place emotionally and physically. I was kind of stuck. And so on that vacation, though, my internal storm Was colliding was gonna collide with an actual storm. If you remember, 2018 is when Hurricane Michael happened. Okay, Mm -hmm. you see where this is going. Uh, Hurricane Michael, if you don't know, was the first Category 5 hurricane to make landfall in the last like over 25 years. And like so, before like the sensors like broke at at, at Fort Walton Beach, you know, uh, the, the the military base there. Before the sensors broke. Uh, it reached up to 139 miles an hour, the wind, right? And so this is a big, bad storm. 74 people died. Uh, over $25 billion, with a B dollars of damage was caused. Um, and so uh, this is a picture of the Tizovich ladies right as we got word, right? We thought we were going to have a fun day at the beach. Someone says, oh, honeys, don't you know there is a hurricane coming? No, I, that's Isabel. I love the look on her face like, what'd you say? <laughs> There's a what? Mm-hmm. Right, there's a hurricane coming. Unfortunately, by the time we heard it, it was too late for us to evacuate, uh, uh, and so we couldn't evacuate. And so I'm scrambling around, going to gas stations, going. You think it was bad during like the pandemic, and it was bad going to grocery stores and gas stations. Be in a coastal town when a hurricane's coming—that's some crazy stuff. All right, when we're we're like scrambling, asking the locals, "What do we do? What do we do? What do we do?" I don't know. I'm from Ohio. <laughs> What do I do? (laughs) And and they actually were like, actually, where are you staying? I told them where we're staying. He's like, John, you're actually in the best place possible. I went to the property manager and I said, help me understand this, what should I do? She goes, honey, she had this little southern drawl, and she said, honey, you're in the best place possible. The architect actually built this with hurricanes in mind. I said, oh, really? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, "Okay, yes, ma'am, what should I do? Just stay right put, okay? Because this ain't just strong, honey. This building's hurricane strong. And I was like. That's silly. Okay, but yes, okay. So we went up to our room. The hurricane's coming, right? And I had this moment as a husband and father where I'm like, oh, man, am I doing the right thing? Like, should, should I just, like, should I stay where we are? Do I trust the foundation in the building of all this stuff? You know, do I trust that crazy lady with the accent? Or, or, or should I jump in the car right now, you know, and, and as fast as I can head north, right? Just get away from the coast. What do I do, right? And so Kelly and I, we prayed. And we really felt peace, like we're just going to stay. We're going to stay right where we are. We're going to trust those people. We're going to trust this building. It does, it does have this weird curved shape. I was like, okay, we're going to trust it. All right. So we went up to our room. We barricaded the windows. And we waited. And we waited. And then the rain started to slowly come. <laughs> just like that. And then, and then this started to creep in. Right? The wind's going sideways now. If you see the palm trees blowing, you'll see that the, this is just when it started. The, the palm trees will start to start bending. There's one in the bottom corner. It's like bending. That is normally just a flat calm. Remember I've talked to you about the golf, it's just flat calm and it's just coming in. And I'm like going, oh boy, I'm terrified and this is going to be the coolest thing ever. I got a front row ticket. I mean, there's worse ways to go, right? I mean, me and JC were good, so I'm like, okay. And Kelly, like, get out of there, shut the door. And I was like, okay, fine. So I shut the door and I got, and then the storm came. And I don't know if you've ever been in a hurricane or a tornado, but like everything started to shake, right? And it sounded like some weird sound, like being next to a freight train, right next to your ear. And it's just just like, and it's terrifying. And the lights are flickering, right? And and then it's just black, all the lights, electricity, everything went out. And we're just sitting there. And this went on for five hours. (sighs) I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) we're going to (laughs) die. And my heart's racing, right? And then nothing. And after five hours of freight train, silence was scary. And the sky opened up. And this is what we were met with. It's like, you know, like nothing ever happened, right? Like God's like, ooh, I'm going to give you this beautiful sunset tonight. I learned a lot on that vacation. One, you should check the weather app. Just a choice. Maybe check the weather app more often when you're on vacation. I also learned, like, real time at a personal guttural level, what it means. Like, do you really trust the foundation? Do you really trust that something's going to hold you up when it matters most? Do you trust what's at your foundation? Because I promise you, there's another storm coming. Those of you that got a little white in your beard or white in your hair, you know, teach these young bucks, there's always another storm. Matthew wraps up this message as we bring this to a close. And Matthew then starts writing, verse 28, he says, when Jesus had finished saying all this, man, he had a lot to say. The crowds were amazed at his teaching <laughs> because he taught as one with authority and not as their teachers of religious law. You ever notice, like, you have a teacher growing up maybe where you're like, man, when they spoke, you just listened. They spoke from a different place. Or maybe you have a coach or a pastor or a mentor. Like they, 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 Man, there's something different about them. They saw this in Jesus. There was something different about him because Jesus' teaching was unlike any of the other religious leaders and know-it-alls because it didn't depend on simply quoting the Old Testament and Jewish tradition. It was rooted in his intuitive awareness and oneness with the Father. Jesus was just like this his whole life was just who he was. It's like, I'm not telling you this because I've read this in a book. I am the book, right? I'm not telling you this to tell you I read this about the Father. I know the Father. The strength of your foundation is connected to how well you know the Father. Do you know him, or have you just read about him in a book? Because my heart's been broken, watching as families crumble and relationships crumble and people are losing their minds because a storm came and we saw was at the was at their foundation. Are you ready for the next storm? Maybe the better question is, what will the next storm reveal? Because the storm always reveals the strength of your foundation. And I just want to say like just heart to heart. I, I've been so inspired by so many of you. Because as Kelly and I have, uh, have just kind of opened up, you know, our lives to you and met with you and heard your stories, I'm so inspired by the number of you who, man, you have gone through some storms and you're still standing. The wife who's still standing after losing her husband The father still standing after losing a son too soon. The boy still standing after the love of his life walks away. She was the one. The girl still standing after a seizing-ending injury that the scholarship is now gone. The family that is still standing after bankruptcy, the single mother of four, That's still standing after yet another disappointment. These are all real stories, not made-up pastor stories. These are your stories. And every time, every time when the question gets asked, how are you still standing, the answer is always the same. It is only because of Jesus. They're not just strong, they're hurricane strong. I told you that um, on that trip on vacation in 2018 that I wasn't in a very good spot. And I wasn't. I, I was at that point where uh, life had become unmanageable. I was on the point of giving up and uh, not wanting anything to do with ministry anymore. And the storm came, and it really kind of shook me. You know, it was like a wake-up call, the hurricane. And so I went for a walk on the beach, and which I love if you guys haven't. Figured out how many times I use oceans as an as a illustration. <laughs> Kelly was like, you're going to have to find a nice big body of water in Cincinnati, Indiana area for the next 20 years. Because um, <laughs> it's going to be too expensive going down to an ocean. You, yeah. And so I was walking along uh, just the beach, went out by myself, and I just needed some, some real honest, brutal conversation between me and God. And so I'm walking there, and, it, and I got to that point where I was just like, God, I can't do this anymore. And I was, and I was just walking in that, like, I call it like the tightrope, you know, of life. You know, if you ever walked along the beach, that, that tightrope where the ocean meets the sand, you know, there's that line. And I was just kind of walking, and I was like, man, this is my life right now. Like, just walking that tightrope at any moment, a gust of wind or a strong wave is going to knock me over, you know. Maybe, maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you like just waiting for one more card to fall, one more phone call to come in, one more, and you just feel like you will break if one more thing. And so I just stopped and I looked out at the ocean. And I'm sure I was crying, you know, because that's how I do. Um, I'm emotional. I just stood there and I watched the water come in and just kind of wash over my feet and go back out, come in, go back out and I remember thinking like this this, this is life right this is this this is my walk with Jesus like in the beginning, it was like when the water would come in, it was just like cool and refreshing. You come up out of that water sometime, and it's just like, what? Wow. That water rushing over your feet, cool and refreshing. And I stood there kind of thinking, like, man, how come it's not like that anymore? It used to feel really good. The longer I stood there, the longer I realized, like, the more the water came in and the water went out, like, I was sinking. (laughs) I'm like, this doesn't feel good. And the water wasn't refreshing anymore, right? It had become a little painful, right? The one thing that used to be refreshing is now painful. Like, that ever happened to you? Like, you used to, you know, like... Things in your life that used to be refreshing are now draining. What used to bring you satisfaction is now frustrating, right? You ever have those things or people in your life? And so I stood there, and I'm watching my feet sink, and I realized that my eyes were, were not really focused on him anymore. My eyes were focused on how f- fast I was sinking in the sand. And now the water was like, it felt like it was crashing down. And now the sand was kind of like rubbing against my sunburnt feet. You know, now it hurts. And all the sand was being washed away beneath me, right? I'm having this moment like I placed you at the foundation of my life, Jesus. Why why does it feel like I'm I'm just sinking why doesn't it feel good anymore? My life didn't feel like. Maybe you can relate to. and I gave my life to you, Jesus. It's not refreshing anymore. It's heavy and it's burdened and it's hard. I'm slipping. Things that I thought would always be there are no longer there. People I thought would always be there are now slipping away. Control that I thought I had is no, I don't have any control. And you get to that place where it's just like you start to feel hopeless and helpless and you're losing your footing in life with every day that passes. And God taught me something right there, standing in that sand, watching myself sink. Is that there's going to be times in life when it's going to be cool and refreshing, you're hanging with Jesus. There's going to be other times in your life when you walk with Jesus, it feels like everything is slipping away. Here's what he taught me when all the sand has been taken away and the last grain of sand is finally gone, you're going to find out that the whole time you've been standing on a rock. Underneath all that stuff that you thought was going to support you, he's been there the whole time. You're not going to go any further. I've got you. King David said it this way in Psalms, let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope doesn't come from any of that other stuff. My foundation cannot come from any. My hope comes from the Lord. He alone is my rock, my salvation. He alone is my fortress, I will not be shaken. My salvation, my honor comes from God alone. He is my refuge, he is my mighty rock. Whitewater, what's at your foundation? It's okay if you don't know. It's okay if there needs to be a change. It took me 25 years to get this. I tried everything else to be at that foundation. He's the only thing that actually stood the test of the storm. want to encourage you I was mentioning earlier that Kelly and I have been sitting with folks and hearing their stories been digging in now for about the last 20 months feels like a lot longer let's be clear (laughs) these last two years we're like 20 (laughs) but in this time we have just been so encouraged by you Seeing how many people, man, they know how to stand through the storm because of Jesus at work in their life. And what encourages me, and Kelly, like, it it isn't like, you know, uh, the number of baptisms, that's cool, that's cool. The beautiful building, that's cool. What, What a beautiful, great resource. Bless you. All this is good. It's not the bank account. Praise God. From him whom all blessings flow, he provides. Praise God. That's awesome. What impresses us most is the people. The number of people who, time and time again, have said it is only because of Jesus that we got through the storm. Friends, let me tell you something. That's how you rebuild a church with the people. There isn't going to be enough technology in the world to storm the gates of hell. It's going to be people, sold out followers of Jesus Christ who are making disciples that say, not on my watch. That's how you rebuild a church. That's how you make it through a post-pandemic society. That's, there is no culture war. There is no division. There is no pandemic. There is no disease. There is nothing that will stand against his church. Not even the gates of hell will prevail. That's the truth. That's the word of God. That's his promise. And I am encouraged because I see the stirrings of an unruly bunch who has some battle wounds and scars who are willing to say, here I am, send me. Be encouraged, Whitewater. Jesus is up to something in his little church in Cleves, Ohio. He's up to something. Will you join him in that something and say, I've tried everything else. Nothing else has worked. Will you lay him at your foundation?